at Little Bird Marketing, we don't know all the answers, but we happen to know a lot of people who combined do. We've asked some big dogs, some tenacious thought leaders to share their real experiences, mindsets, and tips for managing through this difficulty. Welcome to the MR Leadership Series. You'll hear from market research thought leaders, and this week includes Mario Carrasco of Think Now, Ryan Berry of Zappi, Sandy Casey of Innovate MR, Ann Brown of Gazelle Global, and Meryl Dubrow from Mark Research. These shorter, punchy interviews are geared toward powerful and candid answers to truly relevant business challenges. If you enjoyed this episode, take to social media and thank a leader for volunteering their time in this way. Be sure to use the hashtag alwaysbehelping. Enjoy! Welcome to Ponderings from the Perch. I have a special guest with me as I always look for people who are going to be dynamic and really offer something of value. I have been honored many times to share the stage at different conferences with Meryl Dubrow. He is the CEO at Mark Research, but one of the things I love here, he's also a fellow podcaster. He podcasts um, and you can actually check it out at On The Mark. He is also just one of those blood brothers in the uh, hashtag always be helping. You, you know, you're a, a sharp leader, Meryl, but I got to tell you, I'm calling you because you're also a nice guy. So welcome to the show, Meryl. Oh, oh, thanks. Thanks, Priscilla. It's an honor and a privilege to be here on your podcast and uh, looking forward to chatting with you this morning. Well, it doesn't take very long talking with you to see that, you know, you're not only so passionate about the market research industry, but you're passionate about the people in it. I see your your conversations and just the, the tenor of it always be around, how can I help grow you? How can I help bring you to the next spot? What is it you need? I, I hear you just asking always these interesting questions that bring people's uh, next next great move up to the surface. What What is that superhero gift that you have? Well, the label superhero, I don't know if that's appropriate, but but I'm, thank you so much. Um, probably the only two people who think that is you and my mom. But, <laughs> well, you know, may, maybe think, good company, let, right? <laughs> let me, yeah, exactly. Let me tell you a quick story of what just happened literally 45 minutes ago. So we, we put together a video on one of our verticals, and a gentleman on my team, Brad, he sent it out to about 20 people, and he wants us to share the, the video and, and some work that we're doing on COVID-19. And I noticed the hyperlink was a, it was a YouTube video that we had put together internally, and it, you know, it had the long strain of, of letters and, and numbers, and it didn't mean anything. So I called him up. I said, hey, let me show you something. He goes, okay. I said, right-click on the hyperlink, and he does, and it goes to a text box so you can edit the hyperlink. Mm-hmm. And we, hi- we, we basically edited the hyperlink to say, you know, Mark, COVID-19, um, animal health or research or whatever, whatever we were doing. And the reason I tell you that boring story is, is a direct answer to your question. I have this innate either ability or the way that my brain works or the way that I, I just have this desire to try to make things better. Hmm. Okay. And I look at things and there's not a lot of things normal about me. You know, I grew up in Massachusetts. I now live in Texas. So I talk funny for sure. And I look at things just very, very different. And I just want to... Um, help people, and I want to make things better. That's what I really, really enjoy doing, whether it's within my company, whether it's within talking to other CEOs and their companies, whether it's being on boards or industry associations. 
it's just something um, that I, I, I have, I guess, bred into my soul, um, probably from my, more so probably from my mom than my dad. My dad was extremely stoic. My mom is funny, is loud, loves to eat. I guess I have share all of those things. <laughs> and um, she just always wanted to help people. So I think that that's kind of who I am. And and one thing I don't usually talk about, which is which is interesting, I guess now I can talk about because it it's years and decades later. Is I, you know, I was bullied as a kid. So in high school, I was terribly bullied, and I always said that. And nobody really helped me when I was going through that shit. And the reality is that I always said to myself, if I could help people, and I was in a position to help people down the road, I would. And that's my mantra, one of my mantras, and I do it. I love that. And, you know, tell me a little bit about how that mantra you think is playing out during this crisis. I mean, you you have been, you know, a a, a place where people have congregated, really kind of, you've become a little bit of a hub in your own world. And I think that's our jobs is to kind of create, find our hubs and and serve that hub. You know, I see a lot of other leaders doing that. How is that, that mantra, you know, guiding you through this? This is hard. Um, you know, COVID-19 is, is different than 9-11 and the dot-com crashed in 08. This is affecting the entire world, um, and it's affecting people from a health situation. Uh, people are losing their jobs. People are watching their life savings plummet. This is a very emotional time. Um, you know, if you're old or young, this is something that you've got to be really careful about and not catch because it could it could end in a bad situation. So, you know, my mantra, I guess, um, is when this first happened, um, I always wanted to do the right thing for our staff and the long-term viability of Mark Research. Um, that's the first thing. And every decision I make is with we have a staff of about 60 or 65. It's with, it's with those 60 or 65 hearts that I'm thinking about. What's the best interest for them? What's the best interest moving forward for the company? And how do we navigate through this? I, I tend to be one of the more uh, competitive people you ever meet in your life. And the reality is this is my Super Bowl. I played a lot of sports in, in my life. And this is my seventh game of the World Series. This is, this is the fifth game or the fifth set in, in the match at Wimbledon, right? Mm-hmm. How good of an executive am I? How good of a leader am I? Because you don't get a lot of chances. This will probably be the last crisis that I'll probably have to navigate through because I'm old. And I'm not saying I'm going to retire tomorrow or next year, or even in three years. But, you know, over the last 20 years, we've had three, three of these. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that's that's first and foremost. Um, and I ask myself and get very little sleep. Um, every what if scenario could happen. And what is our move? What is our reaction? What do I need to do to be a leader? And that's tiring. Yeah. It's not physically tiring, Priscilla, but it's mentally exhausting, right? I mean, just this week, my best friend, um, Today's his last job, last day at his job. He lost his job. He's a senior guy, and he's really, really talented up in Detroit. His game's Gary Schumann. My brother-in-law, Andrew Baus, just took a 20% pay cut. You know, I've had two people close to me are battling cancer. 
um, not to mention everything else that we're dealing with. The reality is trying to navigate through this and keep your emotions in check is really, really hard. Yeah. Really, really hard. Is there something that, you know, that kind of brings you out of that? Um, You know, I don't know. Do you you get paralyzed uh, sometimes with it and then just kind of have to take a moment and then come back? Or or what's that process like for you? Because this is why I'm asking you as a leader, because you are willing to lose the ego and really show people, you know, what what they can do. And, And some of us do feel paralyzed at different times. How are you processing yeah. that? At times, not well, but I'm very stoic. Um, and I don't, I was taught by my dad, who was a CFO of a pretty large company, um, to be stoic, not show emotion. So um, at times, not well, but I don't, I don't typically show it. But what helps me get through it is a, is a terrific support system. And to be in the industry for as long as I've been in, which is, you know, 35 plus years in an industry that I truly love and have met and made lifelong friends and have a, you know, support system of people like, you know, Steve Schlesinger, who, in my opinion, is one of the most strategic, creative guys in the insights world and has just, I mean, think about it. In the last five months, he's bought three companies and added a hundred million dollars right. to his enterprise. I yeah. mean, you know, to have, to have, um, him as my BFF and be able to talk about everything or, or Tim Ermston or Lenny Murphy, who is just very passionate and very outgoing and very open and authentic or people like, you know, Kim Harrison or, um, Don Golden or Tiffany Hayes. You know, we set up a CEO kind of round table group that we meet every week, every other week, just to talk through this or Adam, Del- Adam Froman from Delvinia. I mean, the list is endless Priscilla of, right leaders and people that I truly look up to and can be vulnerable with. Right. Look, my first speech, I do a lot of presenting at conferences, podcasts. None of it is scripted. It just isn't. Anybody has seen me present at a conference, it's without a net. It's typically without notes. I could talk for an hour. Typically, it's pretty decent. Hopefully, some takeaways. But it's unscripted. And the reason is because I want it to be authentic. I want it to be, as Steve Sussinger would say, we want it to be provocative. And, you know, to be vulnerable um, is something that is, is challenging for a lot of CEOs. They won't, they won't let themselves get down. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, it's funny because um, I have, during this pandemic, it has hit me a few times and always on a Tuesday. I can't tell you why. I hate freaking Tuesdays now. I'm going to call you next you Tuesday morning and give you yeah, an update exactly. message. Yeah, exactly. Cheer me up. Yeah. <laughs> but, but the reality is you just got to breathe. You got to take a moment. Whatever decisions I'm going to make, whatever decisions that are in front of me, I'm going to do with class and I'm going to communicate it effectively to our team. I do a business update every Monday to the entire company at 1030. And on my first update that I did, I did read a prepared speech and, and for about three minutes. And the reason is because I wanted the words to come out and I knew I would, my voice would crack a little bit because it was an emotional thing. And I, I openly started with, you know, I'm scared. Yeah. And I ended with that. And that's, you know, that's pretty powerful. I, I think if you do that and you're authentic I think people respect that. I mean, it, look, there are a lot of years, Priscilla, where companies don't need you and I, right? <laughs> you know, everything's churning, clients are happy, strategy is working, everybody's getting a raise, a bonus, you're making money. 
They don't need us, right? Always. They need us now. This is a time where you earn your keep. This is a time where you earn that paycheck. And I take that very seriously. A leader now has to be a leader. Yeah. I love how you put it, like, I'm in charge of these 65 hearts, you know, and that's just such a different, that's such a different approach to talking with people who really have given their life to the company and it being able to say, yeah, and and I'm I'm holding you and I'm I'm thinking about you as I'm trying to navigate something that is really different. So you're communicating on a weekly basis with a company update. What other communications have you put in place that you think might be helpful for other people? people to consider that has kept Mark going. And I think it is really good to call out your 65, because I think what works with six people is a little different from 65. You know, um, I was talking with your good friend, also Ryan Berry at Zappy, and, you know, they're at 200. And so what's working for them may be different than what's working for me at 15 and you at 65. So what are some of the things that you've put in place that you feel are, gosh, that's that's hitting it. This is working for me. Right away, I put together a COVID-19 task force. So I picked five people other than myself who um, are all in different positions within the company. So I didn't take just my leadership group. I didn't want to do that. So I took, you know, whether it was a salesperson or whether it was a research manager, whether it was a senior vice president, just just different folks. Um, All of us get a vote. okay? all of us get a voice and it's heard, even though I'm the CEO and I guess I can trump any decision. um, That's not what we're doing in in the COVID-19 task force. So yesterday we was our discussion, Priscilla, and we had a discussion about vacation, right? Because most people take that we have a tenured staff, so they get a fair amount of vacation. And the reality is most people didn't take spring break vacation with their kids because there was no way to go. So people are now with every day, every week, every month, they're stockpiling vacation. But so again, the what if scenarios. So we're on the other side of COVID-19 and now it's November, December, and everybody has three weeks vacation left. Does that mean we shut down the company? on December 5th for the rest of the year. Well, we can't do that because we're going to be jamming. So how do you navigate through that? And how do you communicate through that? So we're working on that right now. And we may take, we may make everybody or ask everybody to take, you know, a day off in May, or maybe we make a four day weekend around Memorial Day. And the reason is because this is very stressful for everybody. And you need that mental health day. Now, look, even if somebody took a vacation next week, are they getting in their car and they're going to drive to a different state? No. Are they going to go to the movies? No. Can they go for a longer walk? Okay. Sure. Can they read a book? Can they sit by their pool? Whatever. Cause it's 90 degrees here in Dallas. Yeah, they can do all those things, but you need a mental stress day. So the first thing that we did was put together a COVID task force. that really has been great. The other thing is it's not just communication on Monday. I'm also calling people every day randomly. I made a mistake because, and I don't call people on Fridays anymore because I I scared a few people who, you know, Friday at three o'clock, the phone rings and it's me. That's not good. And sometimes as CEOs, we don't, we don't realize sometimes, you know, that, that action, we, we, we take our intention, you know, (laughs) in mind. It's funny. Yeah, no, you're a hundred percent right. And so that has been very helpful as well. Um, to just call people, calm people. Everybody knows that they 
have the opportunity to call me. I made everybody put my cell phone number in their phone. If they have an issue, day or night or weekend, doesn't matter, call me. We're also doing these contests, <laughs> these weekly contests. This happened by accident, but okay. it has been, it has connected the whole company together. So on the goofy scale, yours truly would be a 10. Like if that was an Olympic sport, you'd probably <laughs> give me the gold. All right. The reality is one of the contests was I love, I have a sweet tooth. Thanks, mom. We had a hot tamale contest. So how many hot tamales were in this vase? And it was, I don't know, 2,200. And yes, I had to count them all. Or, you know, this week's contest is how well do you know Merrill? So it was an elimination. So basically I gave eight, eight or 10 questions every day and it's an elimination. And what happens is there are true false questions, all questions about me. So um, we're down to three people. They've already got the questions for today. Tomorrow we'll announce a winner. I spelled Mark in with Captain Crunch, like the cereal. Yes. That was the contest a few weeks ago. So I spent, I, I dumped Captain Crunch on my table and I spelled out Mark in big letters. How many pieces of Captain Crunch were there? <laughs> and, you know, because of the way my brain works, I can superimpose a picture because I knew that people would do that. They blow it up. But some of the pieces stuck together and some of them were on top of each other, so nobody could get it exact. <laughs> so we do stuff like that. Um, that's worked out. How many lifetime Marriott nights do I have? How many lifetime, how many miles have I flown on American Airlines? And the winner gets, you know, a couple hundred bucks yeah, or $100 or they get running shoes or they get whatever. Um, the candy exercise was the winner got $100 of candy shipped to them. <laughs> individual boxes shipped to them from me. Yeah. Um, so th that stuff. Um, now, I, look, you bring up a really good point. Everybody has, you know, Ryan Berry, who's a great guy, has 200 people in a lot of different locations. Would some of these things work for him? Probably not. He has probably better things that work for him. You have 15. But I think it's all about communication. Right. And it's all about staying relevant. And then it's obviously communicating to our clients and sharing with our clients. And we're doing a lot of research on COVID-19, we're sharing that. We're doing a ton of lunch and learns. I mean, because clients are available and they want to talk. Mm -hmm. And it seems to me that they're in less meetings and the meetings that they used to be in, if they were an hour, they're now a half an hour. So there's really a lot of time to have discussions and we're doing that. Yeah, I love the way you kind of framed it as like, you see this as an opportunity to lead. And I see that in a lot of different places. Like, here's a little window and it's going to close. You know, this is an opportunity for me to get in and be personal and be communicative and maybe a little goofy with my staff. And I'm going to take that opportunity because it, it will close and then we're all going to be, you know, crazy busy again. And then with the clients, it's like, look, what's the opportunity, you know, here where maybe they're not in constant meetings, which is your normal reality, <laughs> you know, where you right. can actually do something a little more meaningful. I really love just that mindset of it, of it being an opportunity to lead as opposed to it being this burden to lead. We, you know, we have a lot of experience. We've been through a few of these things already. You know, what do I really have to offer at this point that could be meaningful to the people around me? I love that. I love that, Meryl. I think that shows, I think that shows a lot of, like you said, the word class. I think that's classy. Yeah. Well, thank you, Priscilla. I really appreciate that. That means a lot coming from you. I, I think that I just want to follow up on a word that you just used, um, which I think is critical. I think this round closes. Hmm. So what do I mean by that? Um, you know, 
COVID-19, um, we will get past this. Things are starting to open up. Every, every city is a little bit different. And we'll get past this probably in June. We'll probably be close to back to where things were, maybe July. Although sports teams will be interesting to see how that forges ahead. But my fear isn't now. And it's frankly, it's not in, you know, next week or next month. My fear is what happens in the winter. So, you know, my um, suggestion to people is learn from this experience. And if I'm right, and this comes back in the winter, and it mm-hmm. might be worse. Be prepared. Buckle right. up. Yeah. What does you know? Make those decisions that may have a lingering effect for the remaining part of this year, and maybe even Q1 of 2021. And I think there's got to be some learnings here. You know, I think that you know, I, I like to quote Sir Winston Churchill, who once said, "You know, don't let a good crisis go by." Right. And I <laughs> oh think my gosh, I, when, Miro, you're not going to believe this, yeah. but Ryan Berry yeah. just said that to me the other day. I love that. Yeah. Well, him and I have talked about it. Yeah. No, oh, him and I have talked so about it. Cool. Ryan's a good friend of mine, and I, I love Ryan's got so much energy and so much creativity, and he is so friggin' intelligent and strategic. I love Ryan. He's, yeah. he's a, I'm a big fan of his, and we're very, very good friends. But, but what the takeaway on that for me is, Priscilla, is. You know, make the decisions that probably you should have made in the prior years and have those carry over. Because mm-hmm. if I'm right, and this does come back in the winter, we could be in a, in a situation that's bad. To me, we're going to play a little hopscotch here. Okay, so last year, my first quarter was okay. My second quarter was better than my first, and it built throughout the year. My third was better than the second. The fourth was great. I think we're going to have hopscotch this year. I think the first and third quarter is going to be really, really good. And I think the second and fourth quarter are going to be a little soft if it comes back mm-hmm. for most companies, not all companies, but for, for most companies. Uh, yeah, that's, that's interesting. I love that idea about being prepared. This is, you know, this, this isn't the only thing we're going to go through. So kind of, you know, buckle up here and think about what it is you can learn. I do want to give people a chance to hear more from you. So tell us about your on the mark podcast. I love, I love the great interviews. I love the great tips. I mean, uh, you know, you, you, you are surrounded. You are in a very good group of, of really uh, fantastic leaders. And I love hearing from them on your podcast. But tell people who haven't listened to it just a little bit about what you what you're trying to do with um, the podcast on the mark. Yeah, I would happy to thank, thank you, Priscilla. Yeah, so on the mark was created um, by yours truly. And we were going to start up a blog again, I had written a blog for 10 years, three times a week posted Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and took about three years off. And my team had said, Hey, we'd like you to bring that back. And we talked about it, and we decided to do a podcast. Um, instead, and I, I like to have numbers mean something. So we're doing, and I'm committing to 56 podcasts this year, one for every year that Mark Research has been in business. It's all leaders. It's all leaders that people that I respect, people that I know. And I've been, I've been really blessed and honored to know a lot of interesting and cool people. So we've had people on the podcast. Obviously, Steve Schlesinger has been on. Yeah, that um, was a great episode, but, no, but I saw that you just had him back again. I'm like, oh, we're going to do a retake. I, I love it. I did. I did. Yeah, and the re- and I, I wasn't going to do that, but the reason I did that with Steve is Steve has, I always say to him, he's the largest qualitative company in the world, which he is, but he never views himself that way. He's very modular. And 
I wanted him to talk about COVID-19. I wanted him to talk about what he thought it meant to the qualitative industry as a whole, what would come back, what wouldn't come back. I wanted him to talk about and highlight the fact that he bought, you know, Focus Point and he bought Market Cube and he bought last week, 2020. 2020 yeah. So he just bought three companies. He just bought three companies that are over a hundred million dollars in revenue and just talk a little bit about those and how he integrates them into the portfolio. And, you know, most people wouldn't have the guts to do that during a pandemic, but he does. <laughs> and he's just a very unique person. So, you know, people like that, people like Tim Ermston, who's just an amazing leader, Adam Froman from Delvinia, his is a can't miss episode next week, just tremendous passion. I had Melanie Cartwright on from the Insights Association. Yeah, that was a nice great, about that her. was a great episode. Yeah. She's so dynamic. And, and she is dynamic. She's one of the most polished presenters I've ever been around. She I interviewed her right when she took the job. So it'll be a nice to go back in six months or a year or three years and see when she was able to accomplish what she wanted to accomplish and what her goals were. And all this is off the cuff, right? So I've had Diane Hessen and I've had a professional athlete, Homer Bush, who won a World Series ring with the New York Yankees. He's a friend of mine. And Leslie Goodell, who was a sportscaster in Philadelphia for, for 20 years. He's a friend of mine. I had her. So it's all walks in shape like Today, I'm doing something with Michael McCrary, who's the CEO of Pure Spectrum. Great guy, big brain. And we're talking about mentors, just mm -hmm. mentors. Love I it. did something on memorabilia. I'm going to do something on lifelong friendships. I'll probably do something with my sisters. And it's just anything that pops <laughs> into my mind. I love it. Um, I always I'm say that. Do. Look, this is this is my show. I can do whatever I want on it. <laughs> well, you can. Yeah. And, and look, we're getting some really good... Um, we're getting a lot of views. That's what we want. We just want to make a difference. That you know, I always present at conferences and I say, look, my goal over the next 40 minutes is for you to have one takeaway. I want you to have one takeaway that you can integrate in your business very quickly or one thing I want you to think about that scratches your head and say, you know what, maybe we should do this. And if I haven't done that and I haven't delivered that, then shame on me. I've wasted you. Mm -hmm. And I take that very seriously. Yeah. You know, I'm only presenting at conferences or doing podcasts because I want to impart information onto others. It's no other reason. Yeah. Well, I mean, we, so we that's, got that's such a little about the podcast. Just in this, we got some great takeaways for me. I know I love this, how you frame this as opportunity to lead, this idea of like holding these heart, you know, like really seeing your employees as those hearts. But I also love the message you're saying, hey, this is not over. Get prepared. You need to find On The Mark, but it's on the M-A-R-C because that's the actual company name. So I don't want people not being able to find it. But we'll actually include that uh, more recent Steve Schlesinger um, uh, link in our show notes because it is relevant to what we were talking about today. Meryl, thank you so much for giving your time and being willing to just be very vulnerable and also just to be overtly helpful in this industry. I really appreciate it. Priscilla, the honor has been mine. Thank you. Thank you for for everything you do in the industry. Your voice is heard, it's respected, and keep up the good work. Awesome. Well, from all of us here, all of the peeps at Little Bird Marketing, have a great day, stay safe, and happy marketing.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.